0: It's Thursday, January nineteenth. I'm Jeff Schwartz
1: alongside Matt Ford. This is Jeff Schwartz, of smart new powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. It's our weekend wagering preview. We're covering the four divisional games of the National Football League. It is the best weekend of NFL action that we will find the entire NFL season. Four games, bunch of division winners, the best teams all left in the National Football League playing this weekend. Matt Ford, how you doing? But anything surprise you in opening weekend of super wild card weekend
2: you know every year there's one weekend where everything feels really obvious and then there's one weekend that feels really chaotic and crazy i can't really decide which last weekend was i mean the jacksonville thing was absolutely outrageous um maybe the worst loss in a playoff game i've ever seen maybe that uh Andrew Luck Chiefs game is, is up there.
1: The one the one the one I played in? Yeah,
2: I, I realized every, as I was saying that that yeah, you the were one, in that the game. The one
1: I played in every snap in that game. Yeah. yeah okay. That's uh, a tough one. Yeah. Uh the difference was we lost like seven starters to injury in that game. The Chargers lost nobody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. Um yeah, well, I, I that I was gonna ask actually if that uh if if there are any flashbacks for you as that game uh, Yeah, unfolded. there
1: were. I just was it was just different, right? I mean you know, we just... We played well and just got hurt. Like, Alex went through for 400 yards. Um, we just got hurt. Like, it, it, it just had happened. And, and we had some bad luck happen to us. The... Like, we had the bad luck happen to us where Jacksonville had the bad luck happen to them and came back and won, right? We're like, it's, it's sort of like how Buffalo had the bad luck happen to them and still won. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals had the good luck happen to them and won, right? Like, that's how it was. We had... The the Jaguars had all the bad luck and still won. We had the injuries and turnovers in the second half, and we lost. Like, it's just different ways to lose. Um, but Staley's still there. Staley's there. They fired the OC as expected. Um, you know, to me, it wasn't – you know, I think the closeness of the Bills game was surprising to me. You know, we should have known – we should have known better with Tampa Bay, man. Like, they'd stunk yeah. all season, and they stunk again. We should have known better. I will just say, to so talk about the games heading into this weekend, we, will, I, we should be very mindful of not overreacting to what we saw last weekend as we head into this week because I feel like the, the public is going to overreact a lot to what happened this weekend. You might as well, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe I should, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm not going to do that. Um, now, for these games, it's Wednesday as we record this. I do like some sides. I do like some totals. I do like some props. You know, as the week goes on, the props get a little more clear and, and some more research done. The numbers are moving. The numbers are moving in these games as well, so you might get better numbers before the end of the week for some of, the, for some of these sides. Um, but let's start with the Niners. Um, let's start with the Chiefs and the, uh, the Jaguars game. Um and talk about that one. That's the first game on Saturday.
2: Yeah. Um, should be an amazing game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence undefeated on Saturdays. We'll see if he can do it again. Uh, the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites at home, obviously coming off of the bye. Um, this is a big spread. We've talked a lot on this show about Mahomes with uh, when he's laying a lot of points. Um, this is a spot where I think a lot of folks are probably going to back Jacksonville. They might be a public dog too, because I think a lot of people are just fired up to bet Trevor Lawrence. Um, we're going to talk about the total on this one, but I'm curious if you have a side here that, that you're looking at.
1: So um, I, I did see the numbers on the on the total, but very quickly, um, I like the Chiefs' team total over. They scored a ton of points in their first playoff game uh, with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. But secondly, Matt, they don't cover a lot of these big spreads during the season, but in the playoffs, they kind of do at home. Um, if you look at the, the last four home playoff games, the first game of each postseason, 31-13, 51-31, 17 Remember that in that Browns game, though, Mahomes got hurt in the third quarter. Otherwise, that they would the Chiefs had not been stopped the entire game. And then 42, what was last year? 42, 21 over the Steelers. Like they played that first game pretty well. Um and I just don't think we should we shouldn't we overreact to what Jacksonville did in the second half of that game. They played about seven weeks ago. The Chiefs didn't even play that well and handled them pretty easily. Um I just don't know how the I don't know how the Jacksonville wins this game. Like, they they lost the game plus three in turnovers seven weeks ago. Like, I just don't, I, I don't know what the path is for Jacksonville to win this game. Now, cover the game, sure. Late touchdown. I think Kansas City's just so doubted. Matt, were they one of the only teams in the NFL, especially playing this weekend, who have waited all year to play in this game, right? Like, This All they do the entire season is get ready to play in the playoffs. They went 14-3, lost three games, I think, by a combined 10 points. It was four, three, and three. And they get ready to play in this game. This is where their season starts, on Saturday, in Arrowhead. And I'm not saying, I wouldn't back the Chiefs, per se. I would take their team total over, and I might just sit on a live bet if this game gets out of hand I take the dog at some point. Or if the Chiefs get down 10-0, just hammer the Chiefs, right? so I just don't think I, – I don't think Jacksonville has enough to win this game.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Uh, I don't see a world where Kansas City loses this um, straight up because yeah. of all the reasons you suggested. Experience definitely matters. Um, right? Andy Reid off the bye, obviously, is one of those things that's just automatic over time as a winner. 19-8 um, and eight straight up. Oh, sorry, that's playing his former assistants. Off the bye, he's 28-6. <laughs> and six straight up in 21 and 13 against the spread. He is playing a former assistant 19 and eight against those straight up. Um, not quite wow. as good against the spread, uh, 16 yeah. and 11. I think, I mean, the, I want to talk about Jacksonville in a bit and especially about something that you and I were texting about off air. Um, Kansas city, I think is a little bit more vulnerable against a really good team than we might actually guess. Like we'll see how they handle, you know, a real quarterback with that uh, can put up a lot of points in a hurry. Like, I think their defense is going to be the thing that gets tested. And some Absolutely. of these receivers who have to make plays, um, you know, when it comes to third and six, and it's like, can we really get a catch out of MVS? And can we really get Jarek McKinnon going the way he was going in the regular season? I don't think those questions are really going to come up here. Um, I do think that with Jacksonville, they've proved they've, they're never out of it. I think it'd be interesting to actually go the other way. And I think Kansas City probably comes out of this thing sharp they're going to be crisp off of the bye jacksonville has been a slow starter throughout the season they tend to warm up as the game goes along i almost wonder if there's like a first quarter or first half angle um to, to maybe think about this but i think we are getting a really nice number at um at eight and a half and i think i'm i kind of just want to track how this has gone this week i mean all of the money it's scary to be on a public dog um all of the money is on Jacksonville yeah. um although Kansas City is still getting the majority of the bets so maybe it's not that public
1: there's a there's a, a number here for the under that um um unders uh, in home games with the Chiefs um are hitting uh, there's 16 wins in 25 games and they're favored by at least 7 yeah cuz they kind of just like sit on the ball like they're good at kind of just moving the ball down the field they've got their a hurry up offense i the Chiefs first half is minus five and a half. I don't like betting quarters in the NFL. I feel like there's not enough possessions. Like if the Chiefs go, you know, go down the field, punt the ball, Jacksonville just keep the ball the rest of the quarter. I, I don't like first quarter bets. Um, first half is is certainly possible here. I don't know if it too if if it's cold and snowy, which it, it looks like it's going to be. Jacksonville's that the they're not a cold weather team either. Yeah. Like they're from the. I just think it's going to be a. Kind of a bad spot. This weekend is gonna it's gonna be a lot of public dogs, probably for all four games. And it's not a spot, in my opinion, you want to be in if you're gambling.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I I I think this is I this looks like to not be that public of a dog. And this line moved, I think it opens uh was it a ten and a half or nine and a half? So I think it's gonna get sort of crest here. It doesn't seem like there's any juice on either side, so it might just sort of stay at eight and a half. Um I have a feeling at some point there's going to be a little bit of a push to the Chiefs um, just because I think a lot of people are going to say the same thing. It's like, Hey, is Jacksonville really going to go to Kansas city and win the other thing that's, this is a really, the the thing that kind of scares me is this is a really fishy teaser number. Like they're hanging it here so that people will tease it down six points and take the chiefs. Like I find that to be a little bit strange um, because it's just so obvious, but, and there's other great teaser candidates on the board, but I still feel I feel pretty comfortable taking Jacksonville uh, with the points, um, and probably thinking about Kansas City in a tease. But I, I did want to mention we were talking about this, and I think this could be just an interesting, interesting. thing to, to discuss that isn't related to gambling. So Peyton Manning on the broadcast um, on the, on Monday night was talking about halftime adjustments and. This was just sort of interesting for the normal sports fan to hear him say something like, I think, you know, coach, they just give you oranges and say, get back out there and play. And a lot of people were sort of taken aback by that because, you know, we're always told that the Belichicks and the, you yeah. know, McVeighs and whoever just do such a great job at halftime. What, what's, what's more true, Peyton's thought or how everyone else thinks about it?
1: All right. So I tweeted out um, thank you to this. Right. And I got some interesting replies from different players around the NFL. Um, For the most part, the idea of halftime adjustments is way overblown, right? Um, You know, there are not wholesale changes made at halftime. So, halftime is 15 minutes. By the time you get in there, it's about 12 minutes, right? By the time you walk in there and you you get in the locker room, you put your helmet down, and then you got to go pee, you Gotta get your t- your your, your, your you gotta, you gotta get your your hands retaped, your ankles retaped. You gotta get some equipment fixed up. And while that's happened, the coaches are meeting because they've come downstairs from the pre- their meeting. And I got about six minutes left in halftime. All right. And the coaches come meet with the players. And I got they meet with you for like three whole minutes, Matt. And then you go back out. You ain't mm. doing much in three minutes. Um, so it's basically like here's the plays we like in the second half. Here's the plays we don't like. Here's the ones that aren't working. We're not going to run these anymore. And if you have a good coach, everything's already up. Like you have everything ready to go in a game plan for every situation already. And you're organizing your thoughts on how you want to attack in the second half. There are, there's not rare, it's very rare, I should say, to make wholesale changes to anything. Now, Kurt Warner answered me. Uh, Damien Woody, who played the Patriots, and I talked to Damien about this, and so did I, I talk to Warner about this. They said, like Warner said, that they would put in pass plays at halftime. Wow. So it wouldn't, wouldn't really affect me as an offensive lineman. And every so they put in a new run play. Damien Woody said they would put a new run plays at halftime. That's bold, man. You have to have a good offensive line to put a new run plays at halftime. Like, that's. That's tough. Um, Mm. Andrew Whitworth answered and said, we made adjustments all game. So halftime was no different, which is what I am accustomed to, right? You come to the sidelines. Okay, here's what's happening on this play. Okay, here's the adjustment to this. I remember one time we were in Kansas City. We're at Tennessee and we we had a coded word for outside zone. They'd figured it out. We did a new coded word. We just figured it out in 30 seconds. They radioed the new coded word and we were on our way. Like adjustments are made all game. So halftime is not a place where you're making these wholesale changes. Now, guys on defense answer differently. Guys on defense said they do make a lot of changes at halftime. Mm. Um, So that's a difference, I think, in in maybe offense versus defense is maybe they don't make adjustments quite the same that we do. But a good offensive coach has everything in, man. Like, you just look at your your play sheet at halftime. Okay, well, we haven't done this yet. All right, we're going to try this play early in the half. All right, this play, that okay, that play has worked. We're going to try that. All right, well, I don't like that. That one hasn't worked. That one's scratched. Okay, we're going to run this play here out of this formation this time. Okay, cool. Uh, that's it. It's like it's already on the play sheet. It's not like you're up there just with, drawing up plays and like getting all crazy with stuff. There's no time to do that. Plus, again, if you have a good coaching staff, it's done throughout the game. And I and I get Manning too. Like Manning is a coach himself on the field. He's just calling the play every play himself. What adjustment is he making? Okay, He's on the field going. Oh, cover two. I'm running this route. Cover three. I'm running this route. So at halftime, he's not changing anything. Um, mm. So that's what halftime is. It's not this like you know. People said, "What did what did what did Doug Peterson say at, at halftime?" To Trevor Lawrence, play better. Play better. Like that's what he said. Play better. He probably was like, "Look, guys, I've been in the situation before. I was on the other side of the field. I was up 28. I lost the playoff game. I know you guys can do this. Let's go out and execute. Let's get it done. Let's go win the game. Ready, break. That's what he said. Mm. That's it. Like the plays are in for the week. Like it, you've you've you prepared. You're ready to go. You you rarely rarely ever see something you're not prepared for. You know there are teams you play. I'm talking from my offensive line perspective, where they have designer pressures for the week. So like they're going to run things they only run against you. The following through on something else, the following day, something else. You know that by the end of the first quarter. Like you're not waiting to halftime to adjust. If you are, you have a terrible coaching staff. So there's, it's a, it's a collaborative process all game. And so there's just not this wholesale change of things that happen at halftime.
2: It's fascinating. I think I, <clears throat> when you actually break it down, the thing that stands out sort of is like, well, by the time you get off the field, get in there, go to the bathroom, get your ankle retaped, like all that stuff. Like there's not even the sort of like time to, to make the connection of like, here's what we're going to be doing. Like there's, it's so chaotic. Even the idea of we spent all week saying like, you know, this was our word for this. And then we just have to change it. It's like, you guys just have to adapt like so much, so fast all the time. (laughs) I guess like, Go ahead. Oh,
1: well, this is and this is and you, you do eat by the way. There is there is food. I didn't eat at halftime very often, but there are orange slices, there are Rice Krispie treats, there are honey stingers, there are sandwiches. Like huh. guys eat at halftime. Um, you just don't have time. There's no time. There's a good article that uh, Matt, uh, there was a Matt Barrows wrote for the Athletic where he actually it was at the end of the month, end of December, he went into the locker room for the Niners at halftime, and he got to watch what happened. Huh. And it's pretty interesting because, like, he's explaining how I said it would happen, obviously. But it's just—it's kind of just like insanity, man. Everyone's running around everywhere. Coaches talking, and then all of a sudden, you talk for a minute or two, and ready break, man. Let's get it's out there. So
2: it's so much—it's insane how much gets planned that you know people just we we just can't understand if we've never you know played at a high level to just see what just sort of like how I, good I, these coaches are I, at, at making sure that everything's thought about yeah, beforehand.
1: The, the last thing on this too is I, it's interesting hearing from the defensive guys on Twitter about this because yeah, you do you do see more wholesale changes on defense half to half than you do on offense like you know you, you do see defenses like come Bengals. out and, and, yeah like the well the the really the Ravens came out in Ravens, the second yeah. half against the Bengals the Bengals have been a team that's much better in the second half of games too. you don't see that offensive like the Jaguars just stopped turning the ball over. It wasn't like they did anything different. They just stopped turning the ball over. Um, you know, you don't save your good plays for the third quarter. If you're struggling in the first quarter, you bring out that you bust out that good play in the second quarter, right? To to get your offense going. So it was interesting hearing defensive guys say they make more adjustments than the offensive guys do.
2: Was is there ever a moment? I mean, I certainly picture. Um, yeah, this was a thing that that in I'll just use my personal example here, like in Washington lore. It was always told that like Joe Gibbs would make these t- halftime adjustments and speeches and the team would just come out in the second half and be so much better. It was like this thing that was just understood. And I certainly picture like the Mike Tomlins, the McVeys, um, maybe the Belichick's like some of these guys just being able to command the room, even if it's just for a few minutes. To with something motivating or something that just sort of like unlocks the group from like a leadership perspective? Did, I mean, you played for Andy Reid and, and Rivera and like other really great coaches. Like, did any of them ever give you like one of those motivational speeches like you'll see in a movie or like do anything no, beyond and, the and tactical?
1: Andy Reid is not really that guy, um, honestly. He's like more like, all right, guys, let's follow the plan. Let's go. He's just so prepared. Huh. He's just like, he's like, all right. Like, Let's do it. Um so
2: it is motivating I, uh, though. It's like, hey, I already thought about it. Like just go out there and do it. Like that's actually like that's what well, a good boss cause, does.
1: Because if you're if you're prepared, if you're prepared, um you would you would kind of you you should have everything squared away.
2: But was there ever like I mean, was there ever in any given Sunday type speech at a halftime or even I, before I, a game, like for any of your coaches? I,
1: i don't remember i really don't remember
2: hmm. i'm trying to I'm, I'm quickly going back and trying to remember like if was there a, a tom coughlin or like a i don't know just it's just surprising like i just i think that we all think that there's some great motivator out there but you've always sort of given me the reminder it's like hey we're professionals like we know what we're doing everything's like thought about no one needs the that extra kick in the ass because you know they're getting they're already at that level um I don't know. Just it's it's so interesting.
1: Um, it. I just. I don't think it happens. I. I can't remember. Like. A, plus, to be fair, I'm not a raw rod guy, so I don't pay attention to those speeches. Mm. So, it's not. It's that's partly why too.
2: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't even remember where we left off in this, but I do know that we. I did want to talk about the total in this. I'm usually not a person that bets um totals very often, but one of the the sharp plays of the week is the under in this game. Um, I'm curious if you're if if you're looking at playing the under in KC Jacksonville.
1: I I think, but I, it's hard for me to to do the Chiefs team total over and then take the under too. Hmm. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I guess you're. If that happens, you're rooting for a blowout. I I think um, <clears throat> that with a lot of this, the trends say to take the under in this one. Uh, I kind of lost my place listening to you there, but. Um, it, first of all, uh, in general, when the spread, I think you mentioned this, is is high with uh, the Chiefs at home. It goes under. Um, this. The ref of this game, Sean Hockey League, games tend to go under with him, which is kind of interesting. Because
1: um, so, well, a lot of penalties, that's why.
2: Yeah, a lot of penalties. Um, but yeah, this will be a great game. Enough about it. We can move on to the next game on Saturday, uh, which is Giants-Eagles. Um the I texted you right away that I like the Giants plus seven and a half. It moved back to six and a half. Now it's back to seven and a half. Um so I don't know. Where where are you here?
1: Um okay, why do you like why do you like the Giants? I'm just curious. I like them
2: less than I did at first because I was just sure that the number would move. The fact that it got bought back has me a little bit nervous. Mainly just because the Giants have proven what they are. They're just a team that keeps games close. Um, They're just, they're tough to put away. Even if they're down by quite a bit, like they're just going to be in it throughout the end of the game. But the the main case is, is hurts. He's not going to be a hundred percent. We don't exactly know what not a hundred percent is. Could he be at 50%? Could he be 80% either way? Kind of scary when you're talking about a playoff game against a team that's already faced you twice. Um, so, I don't know. I thought this this was just it made sense to uh to take the points um with a team that is scorching hot like the Giants are just they're just hot and I you know, with the compromised quarterback, it's hard to lay over a touchdown with Philly. All
1: right. So, here here's my thing about this game. Um this is the one I think we're we're overthinking a lot in this one. Okay. Where are the Giants better than the Eagles? Just Around on the roster, like where's the position? The position group, like where?
2: I mean, it's it's guys like Barkley, Andrew Thomas, you know, maybe Daniel Jones. Now, I don't know.
1: Daniel Jones is not better than Jalen Hurts. Um, <laughs> Depends what percent he is. Let, let, let's let's stop that. Let, let, let let's assume Jalen Hurts is ninety percent. Like why wouldn't he be? He's he he just all he didn't do was run the ball against the Giants two weeks ago. Like if he runs the ball again, which I think he will because it's a playoff game. The thing about it is that is the Eagles have the mismatch in the offensive and defensive lines. I know the Giants defensive line is good. Eagles offensive line is fine. They're gonna be fine, they're gonna handle them just fine. They blew them out two months ago for this reason. The Giants defense is not good. The, the linebackers aren't good. The secondary is not terrible right now. They're, they're much healthier, but they allow a lot of explosive plays. Having to score points in this game, Eagles' secondary is really good, the Eagles defensive line is really good. To me, Matt, this is the one we're overthinking, man. Like, the Eagles are the far better team. Now, it's the playoffs. They're division opponents. I get all... The Giants are so well coached. Am I laying the seven and a half? I, the hook's not great. I would buy down to seven. But to me, this is the one where we are way overthinking. Like, the Eagles are mm. the better, better football team. And I would... I would be very happy taking Eagles. I think the Eagles win this game by two touchdowns. Hmm.
2: That's, that's interesting. I... I might end up being with you. Um, I do think it's interesting that the Eagles lost rematches to the commanders and the Cowboys. Uh, they beat the Giants in theirs um, towards the end of the year, but the Giants obviously weren't playing anyone and almost blew that. The Eagles almost blew that game anyway. Um, I think it's also interesting the Giants uh, are 4-0 against the spread in meetings with the, with the team in a rematch this season. So I think there's something to be said for talk about adjustments like Dable figuring something out and also the Eagles with their sort of strange offense, maybe getting a chance to see them once you just do it the second time. Um, I don't know. I mean, the way that you beat the the way you beat the Giants is you make them, you know, you take away all of their their running capabilities, which included the quarterback position. That's not the Eagles strength um they're really good at rushing the passer like I, I don't think that's like the way that you beat the giants i think it's just they're they're two really tricky teams and i you know i'm not sure that i love taking the seven and a half but i do feel like the giants could cover it i agree this could be one where the eagles just show up and it's like oh yeah the eagles they're awesome jalen hurts is back aj brown's incredible they, they have a ton of guys who can run the ball but they also have a, a coach who you know it's going to have to – we'll see how this team is in the playoffs with the target on their back and a, and a possibly injured quarterback. So, I don't know. This is the one I feel least confident in, to be honest. But uh, I do think that if I had to pick a side, I'd probably take the points with the Giants.
1: Um, I, I totally get it Um, why people are going to do <coughs> this. And I think they, they – a lot of people are, are going to end up taking the Giants here. But, I, I mean, Eagles' first half of things to play here, I, I just – just, in the first half. Um, I, I'm just again, I, I'm just concerned that they are not. The Eagles are just so much better all over the board. Like we, okay, if the if the the Vikings were nine and let's see, well, they'd be? be nine and seven, and the Giants beat the nine and seven Vikings. Yes. Would that change your opinion about this this Eagles game?
2: Well, it's funny that I almost feel like the Giants or the Vikings I feel like we learned more about the Vikings than the Giants last week. Like what we what we learned about the Giants is like, hey, Daniel Jones might even be better than we thought and the Vikings are just are just not uh, to be trusted.
1: I I think I think Daniel Jones played well, but I watched that film. Man, Vikings players were running into each other on defense, huh. they were falling down like it, it was Bad. The Eagles' defense is really good, and I think the Giants' offense is going to struggle with that.
2: Yeah, maybe this is a teaser candidate. Tease the Eagles down, tease the Chiefs down. And I, mean, I already it's... already already did that.
1: Uh, but uh, <laughs> well,
2: I don't know if all of our listeners have. <laughs> and I took the bang,
1: I, took, I put the Bengals plus the points in a three in a team teaser. Um, I I I I don't know, Matt. I I think we're going to look back and be like, oh yeah, we kind of overthought that one. The Eagles are just a much better team.
2: Well, I think this next game is the overthinker of the week, um, and that's this is the marquee game. It's Sunday at three, Eastern. Bengals Bills. Uh, this line has moved a ton five, five and a half. Um, I want to see what the absolute latest is here five and a half um, Ooh, how, what, for the Bills. Are
1: overthinking this one, okay? What? How? How are we overthinking it? Go ahead.
2: I mean, how do you not just take the points with oh. this good of a team? I feel like everyone this week is is saying oh well it's the bills and you know the story this week of course is going to be pro I, I mean demar hamlin's been in the facility i imagine he'll probably have some role in this game at home it's a rematch of obviously this surreal thing that happened a few weeks ago but i just think that there everyone seems to be on buffalo for i assume reasons that include that and it's like of course that's an amazing story that's not what this is about i think that Cincinnati hasn't lost since Halloween. They haven't looked... They looked a little bit shaky, but like, let's give Baltimore some credit. Baltimore is a really good team. I'm sure that they were looking a little bit ahead to this week in Buffalo, and Cincinnati still took care of business. But honestly, like, Josh Allen just keeps turning the ball over. That game last week, that game should have been over in the first quarter. It was 17-0 yeah. Buffalo. They were absolutely trouncing Miami. They had no business being in that game But what happens? Buffalo just makes mistakes that Cincinnati tends not to do. And I think that we're I think people are looking at this game like they would have looked at it back in August where they talked about Buffalo, the Super Bowl favorites and how dominant they are. Like Josh Allen just has not has not looked right since that injury. Like he just he just hasn't. He still doesn't. The mistakes that he's making are still, you know, they're going to catch up to them at some point. And the Bengals. There, everyone thinks the 49ers are the hottest team in the league like they are, but Cincinnati's right there. I mean, no losses since October. They just keep and they haven't they haven't played a cake schedule either. So I just think that if you're getting five and a half, you can probably even wait and get six. Um I just think that in a game with two teams this evenly matched, you gotta take the most the more steady quarterback. Um at le- at least, you know, when we're talking about points. I don't know if I like them to win, but I definitely think that the Bengals keep this close.
1: So, I was very much in the Bengals heading in the postseason. Like, I-, I thought they would win this game, like, outright, right? Like, just outright. Um, and I feel less inclined to say because their offensive line is a huge concern now without their left tackle. Like, their offensive line is a huge problem. And we saw their offense got really clamped down in the second half of that game when Jonah Williams went out. Like, it was a problem. And it's going to be a problem when they play Buffalo this weekend on the road. But As far as the way the teams play, right? So, you mentioned Josh Allen, the turnovers. Like, Buffalo is a high-variance team. They kind of always are. Pro Football Focus graded Josh Allen last weekend with seven big-time throws and, like, three or four turnover-worthy plays. You you get that huge variance with him. And that that can be good and bad, right? You you have to take the good with the bad because the good plays are really good. The Bengals are very steady. I've talked about this for weeks now, right? Don't make terrible mistakes. Don't have crippling turnovers. They make they let the Ravens make the mistakes, right? And that's an important part of what the Bengals are. And so I would absolutely take the points out. To me, the under is certainly in play here. Like the under, for me, with the style of both teams, with their offensive lines allow a ton of pressure, the, the pressure that both defensive lines are able to get, um, I lean Bengals plus the points of the under here. And as a, as a fan, I want the chiefs to play the Bengals. Like I want them to have to beat the to go to the super bowl. Like I want the Bengals to win this game. So the chiefs can play them.
2: That's so awesome. Because I, I, I do think, uh, you know, I think I would like, I don't know. It's hard to root against Buffalo, but I definitely think that Bengals chiefs, that is the biggest, uh, the biggest hurdle for the chiefs. Joe Burrow, obviously sort of has had their number. I, I think, um, I don't know, like it's the bills don't have obviously von Miller, their pass rush isn't like so dominant that they're like the nightmare team to go against like if if you know since he somehow are playing San Francisco this week, I'd be like I'd be way more nervous, but Buffalo is just a you know quality team, they have some quality rushers, obviously, but um since he's done this before, <laughs> they went to the Super Bowl with a worse offensive line than even this battered one uh last year, so I think. I don't know. I I I'm maybe a little tempted to sprinkle on some Cincinnati money line just because I I I don't know. I believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in the team. We haven't seen them have like a really bad game in the playoffs. And Josh, I mean, they Buffalo almost blew that game last week, man. Like I think since he's getting a lot of a lot of crap for almost lo- losing to Tyler Huntley, that's a lot more respectable than almost losing to Skylar Thompson. So I think uh, I I think this line is a little inflated.
1: I've just never seen a team like the Bengals that's able to overcome their offensive line issues. Like if we look at anyone else, like three starting offensive linemen out, you'd be like, yep, that team's done. And I could certainly see that the problem this weekend, but without Von Miller, this is why they signed Von Miller. If you remember, if you're a loyal listener, the millions of you guys are listening to the show. Um, if you're a loyal listener, by the way, it hasn't given me a review. What are you waiting for? Go yeah, get, right now. The Pause the show. Hit five stars, please. And you can even even write something very nice about Matt and I. You don't have to include Gabe, just me and Matt. Yeah, just leave it. And and Mr. Groberg, just the three of us. Um,
2: (laughs) Not Hank. Hank's dad. Not Hank.
1: Yeah, Hank's dad. Um, So, uh, (laughs) is that Von Miller was signed for this game and for the game next weekend. Yep. Like, that's why he was signed. And obviously, him not being there has hurt Buffalo's pass rush. And I'm kind of bummed that he's not able to play in this game. Me too.
2: me too. I, I completely agree. And it's, you know, there was a risk saying we're going to just take, our, we're going to go all in on one guy, but it's not much of a better guy to go all in on. Um, so I got to get, so your prediction on the, in this game, I, I don't know if you made it actually. I, I know we, we both like the under, but you're going to go Bengals. Yeah. Straight up.
1: Uh, I'll take the points, but I think they I, I think they win the game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I do too. I'm I'm not sure if I have the stones to say that they're going to actually to actually bet that they'll win, but and I then the have and then the, and like the
1: Chiefs game. are going to do it next week. Finally, jeez, I
2: love that. Um, all right, the uh, the marquee, well, maybe marquee game of in terms of franchises playing. I don't know. There's a lot of good games this week. Fa- this game another a, this very game's good game. Going to have
1: 50 million people watch it.
2: Yeah, this will be the most watched Sunday night, 6:30 Eastern. Cowboys at Niners. Three and a half or four, depending what you're looking at as we record this for uh, San Francisco at home. We've got Brock Purdy. He still hasn't laid an egg yet. This is, I think, somehow the still underrated that this guy hasn't fallen to earth yet. Dallas had a huge win uh, that made us look stupid for taking Tampa. I don't know. Which, uh, who's going to run into the buzzsaw here?
1: I think Dallas is. This is a, in my opinion, this is an under game all the way. By the way, like this is how I'm playing the game is under.
2: Yeah, Um, overs went five and one last week. It feels like unders are gonna have a good week.
1: This is a game that's dominated by defensive line. So you have, and there's, I'm I'm glad by the way people are starting to write about Brock Purdy. Like he didn't play that well last week. He was okay, but it wasn't as great as the Niners as people claim he was. This goes for 38 points is pretty good, but nonetheless, you have. A Cowboys offense that looked really good against Tampa last weekend, but they've had up and down. seasons. they played well one week, played poorly the other week. But the Snyder's defense line is legit, Matt. And the Cowboys are really beat up up front. And you have Bosa playing against both Smiths. So, Hall, future Hall of Famer Teron Smith is a left tackle. He's moved over to right tackle now. He's not as good at right tackle, and that's okay, but he's at right tackle. Tyler Smith is a rookie at left tackle. He's not a great pass protector. They're going to face Joey Bosa. Then you have the inside pass rushers for the 49ers, including Armstead. They're going to face a backup left guard, a center who is yeah, Nick Bosa. I'm sorry, a center. Joey Bosa is the one who was whining about the not not getting calls like a like a, weird, a little petulant child. Um, Nick, you have Nick Bosa, and then you have the inside guys who are playing against a backup left guard, a center playing with, with a bad ankle injury. And Dak Martin, who is Zach Martin, he's good. I just think that the Niners' defense will control this game and shut down Dallas' offense. Dak had an interception last weekend, even to, like, interceptable ball. I think this weekend we're going to see some bad Dak. On the flip side, Purdy has never really been pressed in the six-game win streak, right? Like, his is six-game win streak. This defensive line will press him. Not over Trent Williams, or over everyone else. Like, they're going to press him in this game. Um, as Hank notes here, the Dodgers have played the easiest uh, schedule uh, so far. The Cowboys' defense, the pass rushers they have, the defensive line, they're going to attack Purdy, attack Purdy, attack Purdy. Can he hold up under immense pressure from this defensive line? We don't have an answer for that. I can't tell you. Dak probably with a couple of interceptions. I don't know what Purdy's going to do. I'd imagine not great, Matt. So to me, the under's in play here, but I think this game is like, Niners. I think Niners do cover. I don't like three and a half. It might be three right now. I would take the Niners. I would go under first and Niners second
2: to cover. Hmm. Also like the under, even though the 49ers have been just such an explosive team. Dallas has a couple of 30, 40-pointers in the last month. Um, The thing with Dallas is Dallas is a team and I I almost feel like their their fans have like projected on them like if Dallas is up 10 nothing there's no way they lose they're just not a team they don't ever feel like they have a comeback in them they feel like a team that starts hot and just keeps going and when you when they're when they're cooking you're like man Tony Pollard CeeDee Lamb Dalton Schultz this offensive line that has all these names where it's like oh like you know Somebody goes down, like they bring in Connor McGovern. It's like Connor McGovern would would be the best offensive lineman on the Commandantes. Like they have a lot of guys where you're just sort of like, How are they how are they this good? And then when they look bad, they look terrible. Like they don't ever seem to be able to pick themselves out of anything. Where the 49ers now for damn near three months have just been the same exact team every single week. So consistent. Um, you know, they're gonna I've always had the theory That Dallas is a worse team uh, On grass we talked about that Last week didn't matter Um, This time it's going to be Soggy fields in San Francisco Let's see if there is Explosive um, Where we know the Niners won't have that Problem I think that there's A huge You know the, the 49ers offensive Attack still is just so Multifaceted there's so many ways That they can beat you I don't think Dallas is I, I just don't think that they have the resilience on defense now with Micah Parsons is banged up. they've had some issues with their injuries in the secondary. I don't think that it's going to be you know there let's see them go and win a tough, tough game. Tampa was not there they, Tampa did that game was over in the first quarter. I don't know if they're a team that can put it together for four quarters against a team as good as San Francisco. I, I think I'd be comfortable laying it as well um The under in this, I do think, you know, San Francisco is getting to the point where they can't put Purdy in a position to make them lose. I think they have to just keep this game in their hands, in their control. That's a lot of McCaffrey. I'm with you. I think this is. I think Dallas gets uh, gets taken out here.
1: Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. it, It just feels hard for me to see like Dak Prescott leading like this ragtag bunch of, you know, like in their cowboy whites, they're all like grass stained up with a big 22-21 road victory in San Francisco with this hugely physical Niners team. Like it doesn't, I can't, I can't see that yet.
2: Yeah. God, can you imagine if the NFC championship is Brock Purdy versus Daniel Jones? Like... The NFC, the the quarterback gap in the AFC and the NFC is unbelievable. Um, it, yeah, I, uh,
1: um, it's it's yeah, the AFC has much better quarterbacks.
2: It's yeah, the guys who aren't playing like Herbert would be definitely the best quarterback left. Um, I don't know. What do you think's going to be like? What do you think's going to be the best game of the weekend?
1: The game in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Although I don't know, I think there's going to be one big surprise this weekend. And I think, did we just take? No, I think I might take the points with the Giants. But I don't know. I guess we have the Bengals pulling off an upset, but a lot of favorites for us. A lot Um, of unders. We like the we we like unders in the playoffs, especially after an explosion the week before. Um, Anything else you want to want to hit before we go?
1: um, I got to write about I got to write about props. I'm I'm not quite fully there yet on what I'm doing this week for for some of these problems. But I I like Mahomes over um, his passing number. Again, I just think they have a big offense output for Kansas City this weekend. Joe Burrow's rushing number is 10 and a half. He doesn't actually rush for a lot of yards, but I sort of feel like in this game where they're pressuring him a bunch, he's going to have to do a little bit with his legs. That feels like a spot. It's kind of a sneaky spot. By the way, I saw a tweet from our buddy John Ewing, who's at BetMGM now. He was at Action Network. He tweeted out that the over... For Tom Brady's rushing yards on Monday night was 0.5, by the way, right? It's 0.5. Yep. 99% of, of action on that was to the over. So I bet the under and I hit it easily. Like didn't even, wasn't close to one yard. Like, what are we doing, people? Um, I had to lay like minus 192. You would have hated that wager, Matt. Um, <laughs> I would <laughs> I, I did it anyways. Um I look like at Josh Allen rushing too. It's 40 and a half. It's a lot. Uh, that is steep. That's, that's steep for, and I think he will have to run the ball a little bit more here. Anything with like the Eagles tight ends against the giants linebackers feels like a good, a good way to go. Um, yeah, so there's, there's again, it's still, it's Wednesday, man. It's early on the prop market. It is early in the prop market.
2: It is. Um, I'm curious if, uh, any thoughts, I mean, I'm sure you talked, Oh, you didn't talk, uh, about the Cowboys in the bucks game yet. Um, Right, you, you guys take Yeah, the buck, right?
1: the buck, the bucks just stink. Like. Do you have
2: a Tom Brady uh, prediction?
1: Um, he he has said, at least we know like he said, we have we have heard that he has preferred to stay on the East Coast for his family. Right, that's what we had you. Know, he has a, a son from a previous marriage. I guess, unfortunately, now um, two marriages uh, where he has kids on the on the East Coast. So, with that being said, though, the Niners are the best option. Like, that's the best option. If he wants to win a championship, hmm. San Francisco's the best place for him to play next season. Makes Wouldn't the you most rather sense. have Purdy, honestly? No, I'd rather have Tom Brady for two years, or a year. Absolutely. And that offense,
2: 100%. What about, I mean... Like, he, like Matt,
1: here's the thing. Because the things we're saying about Purdy, can he do, we know Tom could do those things. We absolutely know that, without a doubt. It's the things we don't know about Purdy... That we know Tom can do. Tom can do all other things. Tom can throw open wide receivers, not a problem. Like he can do that just fine. Um, you don't need to have a mobile quarterback in this offense. We know that.
2: Well, that's just so interesting because I mean they they went all in on a mobile quarterback, and we forget that that was even the point of this season. I I mean the the only thing to consider would be the cap number, like having Purdy at the you know lowest scale rookie contract for. Three more years is maybe the best asset the 49ers have on their whole team. Um, that's pretty I mean, interesting. I, I, I mean, because look, if they win ta- the Super Bowl, they can't, they can't be like, cool, let's oh, bring no. in Brady, even if they, no, no. E- even if they, w- if they win this game, like Purdy's their starter next season. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Um, interesting. but I mean, can you imagine? It's like, oh, yeah, I've heard, I mean, Shanahan would like they would go strength on strength. I mean, Vegas is the, is the odds on favorite. Um, Vegas I find seems that to like, be pretty interesting, but I don't Ve- think that's a fit.
1: Vegas seems like not at all a great fit for him. Like, what about what? What about Vegas? Their offensive line's not any good. Yeah, their defense is not any good. Well, why would he go to Vegas to play with, in Mahomes' division?
2: Get out of here! Yeah, right. With, with Devontae, who's probably going to want to go after this season too. It's a great question. The thing is, is like there aren't that many teams that are like a quarterback away. Um, and I don't know, I, I just, I I can't, I mean, the jets are one that everyone keeps talking about. I just, I don't see them as being like really ready to compete there. Um, you know, I definitely don't see the Patriots as the team for him. It's who knows? I mean, he might just say like, Hey, I'm turning 46. Like I'm good. I'm headed to Fox. Like I, I don't think, I don't think that it's a guarantee that he comes back after this year. He did not look to me like a guy who was, really enjoying the process of like ever, you know, Byron Leftwich is going to get fired. Everyone's blaming Todd Bowles, but like we expect great quarterbacks to overcome bad or mediocre coaching. Uh, it's part of the gig. Like Zach Taylor was not a well-regarded coach until Joe Burrow willed them to a next level. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I was really surprised that Brady and the bucks just looked completely flat on Monday.
1: So when, when he retires, and you guys end up producing one of his podcasts. <laughs> I'll be co-workers with Tom Brady at three places. Fox, Sirius, and Blue Duck.
2: <laughs> Dude, wondered, that would be incredible. Um,
1: and that, somehow that, no that, NFL stops. That's, that's crazy. That's Gabe's secret plan is to work with is to be Tom Brady's producer. It has to happen.
2: You God, that would to, be amazing.
1: What, what, if, what if, do you think if... if Gabe looked at his phone, and it said Tom Brady on it. Do you think he would answer? Do you think he would think it was a prank, or do you think he would answer it?
2: I think that would really be a good test of how devoted Gabe is to this business. He would and absolutely. I, take I the hope phone we call. have to find out.
1: He would absolutely take the phone call.
2: Of course, yeah. of course. And he would. He's suck the it greatest up it. of all time, man. He would suck like, it up,
1: and he would suck it up, t- and, do, and do it. There's people on this roof across the street, across this house next to me. Really? Yeah, they're on the roof. They're blowing off leaves. Like it's still like. These Are, start are their intentions
2: good?
1: Yeah, they're like they have they have a uh, they have blowers on. And they're like, but bl- the problem is they're blowing up the shingles too. I don't know it's supposed, what's supposed to happen. I'm worried about these guys. The roof doesn't look that stable. But all right, well, I'll let you know if they fall down the next three seconds or so. All right, well, all right, maybe well, we should have
2: to stay on the air.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think they're okay. They look like professionals. I just looked over. It's like, oh, they're on the roof. All right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoy Division round <laughs> weekend. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday with our show. And then we have. Uh, championship weekend, and uh, we'll talk a lot about those shows. Maybe we'll push it back a day to do, to do props. That might have to be the way we do it. We need some more time like on Um We'll figure that out. Please rate, review, subscribe. Powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. We'll talk to you guys next weekend. Enjoy the week, everybody. Take care. Everybody.